Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 29 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. And today we're going to pray for a return to holiness. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given us his holy spirit. God leaves no room for interpretation. He makes it very clear in scripture that he has called us to holiness. Therefore, if any man despises the call to holiness, they don't despise men or the man that made the call. They're actually despising God because God is holy and he has given us his Holy Spirit that it might make us holy, that we might be able to walk in the holiness of God. I love the way the Holy Spirit is identified in the original text. You see, in the original Greek writings, it wasn't called the Holy Spirit. It was called the Spirit of Holiness. And to me, that grasps the reality of it so much better because we can read through scripture of all these other spirits and see how the function of it worked. And we can see where it says that the spirit of jealousy came upon the man and he became jealous or the spirit of fear came upon the man and he became fearful or even the woman who had the spirit of infirmity, therefore she was ill. And keeping in that same vein, we can look at the spirit of holiness and recognize that when the spirit of holiness comes upon a person, it is to make them holy. A spirit is an influence, a characteristic that influences our soul. And if we truly have the Holy Spirit within us influencing our soul, it will influence us to holiness. A.W. Tozer was quoted as saying that the Holy Spirit will never come into a man and allow him to stay in sin. You can be assured of that. And so understanding that we see that scripturally God's job is not to make us happy. His job is to make us holy. And we see this exemplified in Hebrews 12 verse 10 when it says that God as a good father is willing to chastise us. For our own good, our own benefit, our own profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. It also continues in verse 14 to say, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And so we began to see that there is no deviation for the Christian. We must walk in holiness or we don't belong to the one who is holy, nor are we filled with his spirit of holiness. Now, God is gracious. God is merciful. God will teach us. That is the purpose in the passage about the chastisement, that we must be teachable and correctable, that we might be pruned into producing the fruits of righteousness, because that without it, we will not walk in holiness and we will not be able to see the Lord. Jesus said, not all those who cry unto me, Lord, Lord, in other words, not just those who profess my name will enter the kingdom of heaven but only those who do the will of my Father. And according to the first passage that we read, it is God's will that we be holy, and that is echoed in both the Old Testament and the New in 1 Peter 1.16, when it says, It is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 
In fact, biblically, the job of a priest, of which in the New Testament we all become priests, because in the book of Revelations it says that when Jesus washes us with his own blood, he makes us kings and priests in his kingdom under his priesthood priesthood of Melchizedek and the function of a priest according to Ezekiel 44:23 is and I quote to teach the people the difference between the holy and the profane and to cause them to discern between the clean and the unclean Therefore, is it our job as ministers and is it everybody's job as a child of God, a king and a priest in the kingdom of God to teach others the difference between what is holy and what is unholy and to teach them to separate themselves from that which is unholy and cling to that which is holy? Because if it's not holy, it's not God because our God is holy. And the Bible says those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. In other words, those who know that he is holy and walk therein. That passage continues to say, and that they will have understanding and will instruct many because the true function of a priest of the living God is to teach the people the difference between the holy and the unholy and to teach them to come into agreement with God upon the things that are holy and to separate themselves from the things that are unholy. Because you see, my friend, the very definition of the word holy means to be separate, set apart for God. You can look at it in the function of a marriage, which is why God often talks about the church as his bride. When I became married to my husband or even engaged, I became holy, separate, apart unto him therefore to have relation with anyone else is adultery when we become the bride of christ we are to be separate set apart holy unto him and we cannot listen to the leading of that other voice that is seducing us and calling us to go back and partake of the world or else we are committing spiritual adultery this is why god was continually accusing israel throughout the old testament of being in spiritual adultery. In fact, he used the prophet Hosea to try to illustrate this very point by causing him to marry a prostitute, someone who refused to be faithful to him and said, this is what my church is doing to me when they will not separate from the unclean. It breaks his heart. He is jealous over us with a godly jealousy as a husband is jealous for his bride and it breaks his heart to watch the bride cheat on him and be seduced by the world and continuously run back to it. In fact, we have to be willing to cut all ties because let me tell you something. If you truly love your spouse, then when somebody comes to try to seduce you away from your spouse, it will offend you. You will have a righteous indignation because of the hurt that you know that person is trying to bring upon your spouse because true love is selfless. And it should be the same with God that when the enemy comes in and tries to seduce you and get you to come into agreement with compromise, with error, with any other spirit, it should cause a righteous indignation to rise up within you because that you know the hurt it will cause to your God. If you love him. 
In 2 Corinthians 6, 13, it says, Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged. This is a word of correction and direction given by the Holy Spirit in love to the children of God. And you say, yes, I want to be enlarged. God wants to enlarge you. He wants to enlarge your tent. He wants to enlarge your camp. He wants to enlarge you spiritually. He wants to enlarge you with gifts. He wants to enlarge you in the inheritance of the kingdom of God. He wants to enlarge your favor. He wants to enlarge your influence of the Holy Spirit. He wants to enlarge your power. Yet there is but one way to do it. He gives the instruction in love as though he is speaking to his children. And this is what he says. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Now I know the first thing you're going to think is, whoa, whoa, but we have to minister. Yes, we have to minister. We have to love all men, even when they hate us, revile us, persecute us, slander us, come against us. We have got to love all men. And we have got to be willing to go and speak the truth to them in love and deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many times I hear people saying, yes, but Jesus supped with sinners. Yes. Because that was where they ministered. He went and he ministered to the sinners, but he was not yoked with them. In other words, he went to them. He delivered the truth to them. He ministered to them and he gave them the opportunity to receive or reject it. And if they did not receive it, he shook the dust off his feet and he went on to somebody else. They did not become part of his inner circle. He did not call them friend. They were not of his disciples. In fact, we see how strict he was in this when the rich young ruler comes up and he says, I've kept all the commandments. I love you. I'm going to serve you. And Jesus wants him to be with him. But he identifies that there is something in his heart that he will not separate from the world on. There's something he won't give up his own will on. There's something he trusts himself on more than he will trust God. There is another lover. And so Jesus calls it out. It says that you have great possessions. Are you willing to sell all that you have and come and follow me? And it says the rich young ruler walked away sorrowful because in this area, he was not willing to separate from the world. He wasn't willing to give up the other love. God wants all of our heart. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. He wants all total holiness it continues to say and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord hath christ with bell or what part hath the believing with an infidel that word infidel is just someone who has absolutely rejected the truth of god He's saying, yes, we still love them. We still pray for them. We still minister to them. But his point was being don't fellowship, don't yoke, don't put yourself so much in that environment thinking that you're going to gain ground with them because actually you're going to lose it. The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. We have to be holy, set apart unto. It is his command. It is his will. It is the only way to see enlargement. We have to stand on the truth. Speak the truth. Love all men. Help them in their need and in their situation regardless of who they are. And welcome them into the truth. But we can't walk out of the truth to stand in their error. We have to be in agreement with God.
We have to be in total agreement with God that our light can shine in this darkness for those who do not have it to even see it and desire it and ever hope to obtain it themselves. Be ye holy as I am holy. It says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you. Then I will receive you, not before. He says, this is how you are enlarged. Because remember, this is the whole purpose and function of being a priest of the Lord, is to teach the people to discern between the clean and the unclean, the holy and the unholy. He says, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you. He will have no part in anything else done any other way. It says, and then I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. We said it a few days ago. You have to be willing to completely abandon Saul's kingdom before you can walk into David's. There's no mixture in heaven. You're either a son of God or a son of the devil. We've got to make a choice. And we've got to love others and show forth the love that is manifested in us when we walk in that choice. And we've got to offer them that choice. But they're never going to see the beauty of that choice if we've got it so diluted and polluted with error, with darkness, with sin, with compromise, with the things of this world. I don't care what any book person or preacher has told you. If it isn't holy, it isn't God. If the movement isn't based in holiness, it is not based on God. If the preaching isn't founded in holiness, it is not founded on God. If the person isn't walking in holiness, they are not walking by the leading of the Spirit which is holy. They are not walking with God. If it's not holy, it's not God. An agreement with that which is unholy, according to scripture, brings a curse. So it's time for people to choose. Do I believe the Bible? Do I believe God? Will I stand for holiness? Because if so, then I need to break agreement with a lot of things that the world agrees with. I've got to take a stand against unholy things. I've got to teach the people to discern between the holy and the unholy, the clean and the unclean. I've got to let people know that abortion is unholy, that homosexuality is unholy, that immorality is unholy, that lust is unholy, that selfishness is unholy, that pride is unholy, that sin of any kind is unholy, and it will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Because Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap flesh unto corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap of the Spirit life everlasting. If you allow yourself to be led of the flesh, to succumb to the unholy desires of the flesh, 
that it will bring corruption and God will have no part in it. If you submit yourself to your own mind, your own will, and your own emotions to the leading of it, you will walk in the flesh. But if you will, through the Spirit, crucify, mortify the deeds of the flesh, humble yourself before God, receive His correction and His word, walk in accordance with it, you will do God's will and walk in the holiness of God, without which no man shall see the Lord. Sorry if somebody misled you. I'm sorry if somebody made you comfortable in your sin. I'm sorry if somebody told you you could have your cake and eat it too. But I love your soul enough to tell you the truth. Because while your friends won't tell you the truth because they want to see you at the next party, or your family doesn't love you enough to tell you the truth because they want to see you at the next reunion, or your pastor doesn't love you enough to tell you the truth because he wants to make sure that you're in service next week, but I'm going to love you enough to tell you the truth because I want to see you standing with me before the throne of Christ. And hearing those words, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. You have done the will of the Father because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm loving you enough to tell you the truth because I'm trying to save your soul. I want to see you enlarged and God says there is only one way to do it because in Ephesians 5 chapter 1 it says be ye therefore followers of God as dear children here we go back to being his children that he loves enough to correct and direct and say humble yourself and just believe what I say do it my way be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness, all uncleanness, or covetousness, envy, jealousy, pride, arrogance, selfishness, let it not once be named among you. Not once, he said. Let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, or unclean person, or covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. I don't care what they telling you. I don't care if it was a politician or a preacher, if it was from the parliament or the pulpit. It says, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. It causes the wrath of God to come down. It causes you to walk in disobedience. And if you stand in agreement with it, the wrath will fall on you. The only way to be saved is to break covenant with sin and error and compromise in every form and fashion and be separate from it and holy unto the Lord. Unite it with God, the family of God, under the leading of the Spirit of God. It is the only way. Let no man 
or devil in hell deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Don't be in agreement with it. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. If you are partakers with them, then you will partake of the wrath with them. The only way to get on the ark is to break agreement. And preacher, when you're not willing to speak it and you prophesy those smooth words and deceits, you are taking away their choice, their opportunity to choose. You're taking away the chance they have to walk in holiness and get that seal of protection from the Lord God Almighty that will preserve their soul on the day of judgment and you will stand before God with blood on your hands because you were not willing to preach holiness. Every revival in history was birthed in unity of the spirit and holiness separation from the world. There is no other way. It's God's way or judgment. It's a lie straight from hell that you can do it any other way. He's given the way. He's given the truth. He's given us life. We've got to humble ourselves and take it or leave it. And suffer the consequences. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness. But now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodliness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Do not fellowship with darkness. Do not fellowship with sin. Do not fellowship with the things of the world. Do not fellowship with compromise. Do not fellowship with unholiness. Do not fellowship with unrighteousness. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, that you not be partakers of her plagues. Or don't. And perish with the ungodly. It's not my words, people. That is the word of the living God. And it is not our prerogative to change it. We only have the choice to believe it or reject it. The response matters. 1 John 3, 7 says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as God is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed, that word of truth, remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that we heard from the very beginning. That we should love one another. My friend, there are only two kind of people in this world. We love to bring divisions by ethnicity or gender or class. But in God's eyes, there are only 
two kinds of people in this world. Sinners and saints. Wheat and tares. Sheep and goats. Children of God or children of hell. I love the way Leonard Ravenhill puts it. That there are only two kinds of people in this world. Those who are dead in sin or those who are dead to sin. We choose our master. We choose our provider. We choose our protector. We are either of the family of God, all washed and covered by the blood of Jesus, one blood, the blood of Jesus, or you are of your father, the devil, to whom we say we love you, we cry for you, we weep for you. Take the life raft. Take the way of escape. Know that Jesus loves you and he died for you and, and he suffered that you might be saved. He wants to bring all into the family of God. But every parable that Jesus gave about that great and dreadful day was a parable of separation. A parable of separating the goats from the sheep, the wheat from the tares, the fruitful from the unfruitful. There is coming a separation. And the only protection from it is to be in unity with the Spirit of God because He will bring all of His own into His house and they will be protected. But the sinner and the fearful and the unbelieving, they will face a judgment. And we don't want one of you to be part of it, but come into the family. He is reaching out. He has made a way, but we've got to humble and do it His way. There is no other way but that the blood of Jesus was shed, that our sins could be atoned for, that we could believe on who he is and what he did and believe every word that he said and repent of our sins, turn away from them, reject the old kingdom, reject the things of the world, reject the errors, reject the lies, come into agreement with him, with God, with his will, with his word. Walk in holiness through the power of the grace of the spirit that he has released to us because of the blood of Jesus and praise him for it. Praise him, worship him that he is the king, that his kingdom is come, that it is his power, that it is his glory, that it is his honor, that it is all for him for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever God, I believe it. I receive it and I thank you for it. And I plead that the hearts and minds of men would be open to it. That they would walk away from the unholy, from the unclean, from the obscene, from the things of the devil and step into the kingdom of God that they might be saved. Because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Dear hearts, there can be no mixture and no mingling. We have to stand for the full truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And we have to make a separation between what is holy and unholy. We cannot come into agreement in any form or fashion with anything that is in disagreement to the will and word of God. Or we forfeit our protection. We forfeit our provision. We forfeit our purpose. We forfeit our position. God, I choose 
choose you. I will be separate. I will be set apart. I will be holy unto the Lord because you said to those in the Babylonian system in the scripture, come out from among her and be ye separate lest you be partaker of her plague because we have no authority against that which we come into agreement with. Therefore, God, I do not agree with the world. I do not agree with the devil. I do not agree with error. I do not agree with lies. I agree with the word of God and I stand united with the spirit of God backed by the power of God that the kingdom of God might be enlarged because that is the only way it will happen. And I love all men no matter what they think of me for it because I love them enough to tell them the truth. People, we've got to love them enough to tell them the truth because unless we provide them the truth, they will never be set free because when the sun sets free, it's free indeed, but they are only set free by the truth. And the truth is that the word of God says that friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God. You can't have it both ways. He requires holiness. God, we humble ourselves before you and submit to your word. Let it cut our hearts like a knife. Let our hearts be circumcised, God. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it is unpleasant to the flesh. But we humble ourselves to it because the response is what matters. God, we respond to you with humility, with submission, with agreement to your word and will. God, we love you. We worship you in the beauty of your holiness. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.